Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Happy Friday. What's going on? Welcome to ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold. The mic is hot. The light is in my face. And we ready to go on a Friday on ACC Championship Eve Friday. Man, this... So we only have one game this weekend. We were going to have two. But, um... Um... The Florida State... Wake Forest game got canceled due to COVID reasons. The Georgia Tech-Miami game was already canceled due to COVID reasons. Uh, And other than those two regular games, the chip was it. Clemson-Notre Dame was it. Uh, So that is the game of the weekend, the big one. Really the one that we've been waiting for ever since the first meetup of these guys. Uh, from several weeks ago when Clemson-Notre Dame played without Trevor Lawrence and Clemson missing several defensive players and other players that they needed uh, for a game like that, their biggest one of the year, until tomorrow. Uh, Welcome into our first two viewers. Hope you guys are doing well on a Friday. Hope you've had a good week. Uh, Get in on the comments. I'd love to feature you guys and uh, get some good stuff going here on a Friday. But... um, Yeah, uh, it's the big one. And I got to say, this championship, this ACC championship game should be a lot better uh, than last year's UVA and Clemson when Clemson just blew, you know, UVA out of the building uh, down in Charlotte, which is obviously where it is again, down at Bank of America Stadium, home of the Carolina Panthers, favorite team of Yours truly. Uh, <clears throat> rebuild mode. Carolina Panthers. We won't talk about it. Um, no, it wasn't a good game. It was like, I forget what the score was, but it was like 55 to not very much. It was completely lopsided. And it just, it wasn't a good game. And you, quite frankly, UVA really never recovered from that moment uh, in the ACC title game. You know, didn't you know they just didn't have a very good year. You know, they got they actually got. I believe that's who uh, UVA opened against was Clemson again. It was one of their first few games of the year this year, 
And same result, Clemson stomped them all over the place, blew them out of the building. Uh, and it re- they just, again, they really never reco- recovered from that ACC. A solid year, obviously, or else they wouldn't have been in the ACC title game last year. Solid year last year for UVA. But, man, it was just completely different this year. Um, you know, definitely put them in the handful of teams that just were no threat to any. You know, basically, I never thought of it this way, but this is a decent way to put it. We all remember what the ACC was last year. Uh, they were – it was not very good. It's been the complete 180 opposite this year. Uh, with competition and competitiveness and things like that, and actually having good elite teams, you know, top 25 elite teams in the ACC. Last year, we didn't have that. We had Clemson, and then that was it. You know, a handful of solid teams that were trying to get there. You know, Carolina was trying to get there. Pitt was trying to get there. Virginia Tech was trying to get there. UVA was trying to get there. But Clemson was it, <clears throat> and um, it was so bad. I say this all the time, but it's just because it's so vivid in my memory. It was so bad to the point where, like, Clemson's credibility credibility was being questioned uh, because of how bad the competition was in the ACC. It's like, you know, is is their record? You know, do we need to put an asterisk beside that? You know. Is it? Are they really as good as their record shows? Are they really as good as they've looked against these mediocre teams? And the reason I bring it up is because I hadn't thought about it till just now. But kind of the bottom of the ACC, you know, your Syracuse, your Duke, your FSU, your UVA, your Virginia Tech. They ended up being in that conversation. Pitt. You know, it was almost like that was the handful of teams in Louisville who, again, a very disappointing team. You know, I thought I I really liked the direction that they were headed last year, and I thought they were going to pick up and build off of what they where they left off last year. They started out the year ranked and then just fell off. But uh, that handful of teams was almost kind of like the remnants and residue in a weird way of what the ACC basically was as a whole outside of Clemson last year. And that handful of teams just never could kind of join the party that was Clemson and Notre Dame and NC State got in the conversation this year. They kind of got out of that, you know, struggle bus, if you will. Uh, Who else? Wake Forest had their moments this year. Boston College put themselves into the conversation this year. And I'm telling you, the stake is already in the ground. They will be a top 25 team next year. Uh, Book it. you know, obviously Notre Dame, Miami, uh, UNC. Those teams really made the leap forward this year uh, and others. But, yeah, that I don't know how I got off on that tangent. But, uh, oh, I was talking about UVA and just you know, how they really just never recovered. But that, that was kind of something that stuck out to me. It's like that handful of teams was like the remnants and residue of what the ACC was as a whole last year and those teams just never made the jump with everybody else that actually had a really and that made the ACC what it was this year in football. Um what else is going on? It's Friday. Christmas is a Christmas is a week away, people. 7 basically 6 
in a handful of hours, I'll actually tell you because I got my Christmas countdown. We're gonna keep track of it here on ACC Tailgate. Damn it, we ain't just a, we ain't just sports around here. We got important issues to discuss, like Christmas. Like, come on now. Uh, <clears throat> six day, six days, four hours, forty six minutes, and ten seconds. Obviously, we won't have a show on Christmas Day because I'll be stuffing my face and I won't be able to do anything else. But, uh, oh, and by the way, on uh, Monday's show, out of excitement, on Monday's show, the ugly Christmas sweater will be make, will be making its debut. Uh, you know, I, I showed it to you guys before uh maybe uh, our viewers that are in here right now i don't know if you were in here for that episode where i pulled out some of the the sweaters that we might be pulling out for christmas time uh one of them i've th- that's kind of more just like a basic sweater you know it's solid black and it's it's got uh my stormtrooper on the front of it next to the fireplace with uh with uh the stockings and things that, i mean that's a christmas sweater but it's not an ugly christmas sweater the ugly Christmas sweater will be debuting on Monday's show, so you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, if you saw that sweater already, you know what it looks like, but I don't want to spoil it for the rest of you if you didn't catch it. So <clears throat> I'll just say Star Wars fans will enjoy that sweater. And by the way, for us Star Wars fans in the audience, I'm not going to spoil anything or say anything, but did you guys... Uh, Happened to catch the season finale of The Mandalorian last night. Can we talk about how epic that was? You know, certain nostalgic characters that made an appearance. If you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. But if not, and you're a fan, you gotta go watch it. Like, you get... You got to go watch it. It was incredible. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Um, we're going to be talking a lot of Clemson, Notre Dame, and so I'm trying to trying to spot keep it spiced up. Lamelo, Lamelo Ball. Uh, can we talk about how have you guys seen some of these passes? <laughs> like I can't, I can't stop watching this dude pass the basketball. Lamelo Ball. I can't stop it. It's a very exciting time for a Charlotte Hornets fan, which I happen to be, uh, North Carolina native, obviously, um, where the ACC title will be actually tomorrow. Uh, they're about, I guess, an hour and 10, 15 minutes from where I currently sit down in Charlotte. I'm in High Point. Uh, that's where I live at the moment, High Point, Greensboro. Um. Nah, man, LaMelo Ball is going to be something. And now, you know, he didn't score any points in his preseason debut against the Raptors last week, and then they played they played the Raptors twice, and then they played the Kings the, uh, last night, I think it was. Now he's starting to rain some threes. You know, you know the Ball brothers, they get a lot of uh, – they get a lot of crap for kind of their, their motion that's kind of a little awkward. He – LaMelo has that awkward motion that a lot of – all of the ball – dudes have but it's a little smoother than Lonzo's was because Merlonzo's was kind of 
contour. Like he's like Lamelo still has that motion, but it's actually kind of like a little bit smoother version of it. And he's raining some. Like I know it's the preseason. I know it's early, but uh, it's gonna be fun to watch for us Hornets fans. That's all I can say. Uh, Hornets are Hornets are coming along. I mean, between Miles Bridges and PJ Washington and Gordon Hayward, if he can freaking stay healthy, like dislocated his pinky or something. I don't I, If he can stay, like Hornets are going to be a force that they might be a playoff team this year. I don't want to get too, too out there with that, but they could. But, you know, preseason, I get it. So that's why I'm not, not I'm trying not to uh, overextend my uh, expectations, you know, still got to, got to work, got to put in the work, got to, got to earn it. But, they might have a little something cooking in Charlotte. My, you know what would make me so happy is if Steph Curry decided to finish his career in Charlotte. I don't think it's going to happen because I think he's going to be a warrior for life. But, man, I would love to see Steph Curry come to Charlotte and finish his career there. You know, his dad, obviously, uh, uh, Dell. Dell Curry, obviously, is staple in Hornet. You know, they were established in 1988, Dell. You know, big staple in the culture uh, with the Charlotte Hornets. I would love, and that's where you know they're. That's where the Currys are from, is Charlotte, that area. So, God, it would be so cool to see Steph retire a Hornet and be that final piece that that super. Now, and you know, we'll see what Lamelo becomes, but that final superstar piece that the Hornets really need to get them over the edge and to make that jump into an actual you know, deep playoff contender. I don't want to say contender just yet because we got to make the playoffs first. But, God, that would be beautiful. I don't think it's going to happen. Though. I think I think Steph's going to retire a warrior. Unfortunately. Um, so, yeah. Let's uh, – Clemson-Notre Dame. Let's go ahead and uh, get down to it. Uh, let me get my uh, my banner here. There we go. Clean it up. Got to got to get my ACC tailgate banner going here. Um. So yeah, Clemson Notre Dame tomorrow. Uh, that will be at obviously prime time. It's going to be at four o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Clemson Notre Dame's home team, if that matters. I mean, it's obviously a neutral site. Although I, I well, Notre Dame's a pretty historic football team a college football team so they're obviously going to have a lot of fans there too but because of the location you know clemson being in south carolina you know not too too far away from charlotte you know just two three out three hours or three and a half hours or so i i would assume i don't know for sure um i know most places that i go to in south carolina be it myrtle beach or charleston uh, and things of that nature. It, it takes about three and a half, three, three and a half hours to get there from where I sit. Uh, so Clemson should have probably the advantage with fans. I don't know. I don't know um, the specifics as far as the capacity that they're going to allow. allow. Uh, I just, I know just from, what I've already seen, you know, Clemson, which obviously South Carolina and North Carolina are two different states. They're probably handling this completely differently. Not too, too differently because Panthers, the Carolina Panthers who play at Bank of America Stadium, you know, they're 
they're allowing fans. You know, a lot of these NFL teams, they aren't allowing any fans at all. Uh, you know, you know, a lot of the northern teams like the Bills, the you know, the Jets, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams where they're not allowing fans at all. Uh, but I know for for sure here that the I don't know what the exact capacity is that they're allowing, but the Panthers are allowing, you know, fans to be kind of spread out uh throughout the stadium. So I assume they're gonna handle it the same way for this. Um <clears throat> uh and by the way. Uh, you guys watching, you know, get in the comments and let me know a prediction for tomorrow's game if you've got it, uh, what you might be looking out for, what you think could possibly happen. I would, I really want to get that. Uh, you know, when I first started bringing it up, you know, I, I didn't have really a prediction that I wanted to get to just yet. Just I mean, because you got to remember that Clemson-Notre Dame, I mean, I would argue that now, obviously, we got to wait and see what's going to happen tomorrow. But if I would assume it's going to be a heck of a game because these are the two best teams in the ACC, two of the best teams, period, in college football, going at it, which is it's going to be these two matchups between Notre Dame and Clemson, both the first time when Clemson had Trevor Lawrence out and others out, and tomorrow for the ACC title, when they'll have everybody back, I assume that they got most of it back. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, which is the big one. Uh, th- that's the two games of the year. Period. We've we've had some really good games this year. Obviously, uh, UNC Notre Dame was a good one. Um, UNC Miami was not a good one. Uh, you know, UNC beat the crap out of Miami. That that I mean, it was fun if you like offense, but. I would say the UNC Notre Dame was good. You know, uh, the couple couple of uh, NC State's games have been good. Uh, Boston College, Clemson was good, but for the most part, no game like sticks out. Obviously, because it went several overtimes, no game sticks out uh, like that Clemson Notre Dame go- game does for me anyway this year. And I expect tomorrow to be no different, probably better because the stakes are higher. It's for a title game. And we'll get into this later. Uh, there's college football playoff contention on the line here in tomorrow's game, too. Uh, we'll get into that here shortly. But, I mean, there's a lot on the line here that I expect that. And again, Trevor Lawrence is back. So I expect that to make a difference, you know, in the, the just the competition in the game itself and how it's played. Um, so all that being said, my, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be a good game. Two really good teams. Obviously I'm going to bet. I don't know. I don't have a specific score for you per se. Uh, but I do have Clemson by a couple touchdowns, one or two. I can't decide one or two touchdowns, but it's going to be one or two touchdowns. Clemson's going to win it. It's going to be an epic game. I got that feeling. The first one was, and Trevor Lawrence wasn't even playing, uh, so God knows how it's going to be now. But I think because Clemson is going to have Trevor Lawrence back and others that were out in the first meeting of these two, I think that's going to give them a little bit more and it's really going to push them to the finish line, you know, 
where they were close in the first time when Notre Dame won the first time around. And, you know, if, unless you've been living, you know, I didn't haven't gone there, but unless you live under, have lived under a rock, you know, Notre Dame won the first meetup of this game. Um, and it went several overtimes, but I think having Trevor Lawrence, you know, cause DJ Ugalele or however you say his name, I'll get used to it next year when I actually have to say it every week. Cause I'm, I, and remember I told you guys, Clemson ain't going anywhere. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to go play for the jets. Don't let it, don't let anybody fool you. Trevor Lawrence is going to the jets. They're going to fire Adam Gase. They're going to make it very attractive and, they're going to Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jets. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Sam Darnold, but I think he needs a change of scenery to kind of re get his get it going back in the right direction cuz I think Sam Darnold's a really good quarterback. I just think that bad Jets uh culture has just sucked him in and he needs a change of scenery. Just like Carson Wentz needs a change of scenery. Don't even get me started on that. Um But Trevor Lawrence is going to play for the Jets and DJ Ugalele, the backup quarterback that took over while Trevor Lawrence was out and put up numbers. Uh, and Clemson ain't going anywhere. Just we'll talk about that another when the time comes. But Clemson ain't going anywhere. But uh, but I think obviously having Trevor Lawrence and the other pieces that they were missing the first time around when Notre Dame just barely got the win. I think that will give Clemson what they need to take it to the take it to the finish line this time around uh and they my money's on they're gonna win by two touchdowns i don't know why but in my gut i think they they, they win they win by two touchdowns. how about we do this since i can't decide one or two touchdowns i'm gonna say this it's gonna be clemson will win by two scores whether that's two touchdowns or whether that's a touchdown and a field goal Clemson's going to win by two scores. Trevor Lawrence and what they were missing the first time around is going to give them that extra to, to give them that little bit of boost to take them to the finish line, and they'll win by two scores, whether that's two touchdowns or whether that's a touchdown and a field goal. That's my prediction for tomorrow. I don't have an actual score prediction, but that is my prediction for tomorrow. Um, and, uh, and like I was saying, sorry, I had to uh, adjust my microphone there. Um, get my coffee on here. By the way, I'm starting to be able to taste things again. If you didn't know, uh, if you weren't on the last episode, so I'm pretty sure I had COVID last week. Uh, I keep marking myself with my pen. Put the damn thing away. Um, you ever do that? Like you're holding the. Just stupid. You ever do that? Like you, you're holding a pen and you keep like marking shit with it. Like you ever do that? And I got my nice uh, Darth Vader pajama pants on too. Like, how are we doing around here? We can't be marking those up. Uh, what was I even talking about? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I had. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I had COVID last week because I got sick. I had one day where I was really like out of commission. Like I had a fever, had chills, had aches, had a bad headache, you know, took me out for a day. And then after that, it was just kind of sinuses. And, but the big one was that I couldn't taste or smell. And if you know anything about COVID 80, 85%, like that is like the main symptom 
that's related to COVID is you lose your taste and smell. Now, in, in times past when I've had a cold, I've lost my taste and smell because, you know, when you get nasally or stopped up, you tend to, for the most part, lose your taste and smell. Maybe you have a little bit, but you lose it for the most part. And I've had that. But as soon as like I clear up, I'm good. I get it right back. This time I didn't. I was clean as a whistle, clear. Sinuses were clear. Felt fine. Perfectly normal. Still couldn't taste and smell. So that's why I'm pretty convinced. Now I got test and came, you know, I came back negative and I'm pretty sure I got tested late. But I'm pretty sure I had COVID and just, you know, didn't test till later in the week when it was already gone. But I'm starting to get my taste and smell back, which I was really concerned that I would lose it and not have it for Christmas, you know, when I'm trying to eat, you know, my ham, my turkey, my fudge. Don't mess with my fudge. Don't mess with my Christmas fudge. Like, okay, so my aunt always makes me a special batch of Christmas fudge. Uh, and I can't be, I can't be like not tasting that. Like I don't mess with, don't mess with my Christmas food here. So I'm starting to get it back a little bit, little by little each day. Um, still a week till Christmas. So I should be good by then, but yeah. Um, Oh, really good question by Spartan Barton, our usual. We have really good comments here with Spartan Barton. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, he asks, first question of the day, <clears throat> when is the last time the ACC championship was as important as the one this year? One, I'm really glad he asked that specific question because that's actually where I was getting ready to go. Uh, with this Notre Dame Clemson conversation now that we've kind of discussed the game and you know what my prediction for it is the next obvious thing is like the the uh the playoff college football playoff stakes that are at stake tomorrow um off the top of my head I don't know when the last time an ACC title game was this important uh, I'd have to go back and actually like look at each game and remember. Like I, I remember last year's game, but to me that one wasn't. Obviously, Clemson couldn't lose that game, but they weren't going to lose that game. It was completely mismatch, uh, so it wasn't really that big of a deal. Everybody knew Clemson was going to blow UVA out. This one's different because although Trevor Lawrence is back, Clemson has pieces that they were missing last time back. There's still that, like, uh, yeah, but Notre Dame's really good too. Like, we can't just count them out just because Trevor, just because Trevor Lawrence is back. Like, Notre Dame is still going to come to play. Uh, so it's a completely different dynamic. So, when was the last time the ACC title game was this important? Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and actually look at the games and remember, like, remember. Uh, but. Because you asked that question, which I'm glad you did, it leads us into where I wanted to go. So, uh, actually, let me pull up my playoff thing here. So I see. Because there's there's some really good teams in the top 10 that if one of these teams, you know, if Clemson or Notre Dame, or Notre Dame were to lose this game, 
tomorrow. You know, the question is, all right, who's going to step in and take their spot in the playoff? So, obviously, you've got Alabama at one. These are the latest rankings. Uh, I'll give you the top ten just to kind of have an idea. So, you got Al- Alabama at one at 10-0. and 0. You've got Notre Dame at two, 10 and 0. Clemson at three, nine and one. That one loss coming to Notre Dame. You've got Ohio State at four, five and 0. They've had a lot of games canceled this year. You got Texas A&M at seven and one, at five. Iowa State six, eight and two. Florida seven, eight and two. Georgia uh, seven and two. Cincinnati eight and zero. Oklahoma seven and two. So. Because Notre Dame won the first time around against Clemson, I actually think the stakes are different. So, the first time Clemson and Notre Dame played, you know, that had college football playoff implications too. It's like, if, and uh, the consensus was, it's actually the script, at least for me, this is, this is just my own personal opinion. You know, this isn't, this is just my opinion on what I've gathered from this year. So the first time around, based on the numbers that I saw in my research, so if Clemson were to have lost that game, they still had a higher percentage to make the college football playoff than Notre Dame did if Notre Dame would have lost. So if Notre Dame would have lost the first time they played Clemson, there was like a really good chance they wouldn't make the playoff. But you know, like I said, if Clemson would have lost, they still might not have made it, but they, but they might have been okay. And then we saw, you know, that obviously they were because they're still number three in the college football playoff rankings. However, the flip, the script has flipped now because of that loss in the first for Clemson when they played Notre Dame last time. Because of that, I would say if Clemson loses this game, they're out easily. Like I, I would, I would almost say like I don't see a scenario where Clemson loses to Notre Dame tomorrow and they still make the playoff. I just don't see it because they've lost twice now to the same team that's in you know the playoff conversation, the top four, which would clearly to me show all right. Well, they're not they're not up to par where they need to be to be in the top four. Not when you've got teams that are right there in the conversation like Texas A and M. Florida, Georgia, teams that are still in the – like one of those teams are going to take that spot. If Notre Dame loses tomorrow, this is why I say the script is flipped in my opinion, if Notre Dame loses tomorrow, I still think they make the playoff. Now maybe – no, I I think Notre Dame – if they – if Notre Dame loses tomorrow, I still say they make the playoff. And actually, you know, I don't know – all of the matchups around uh, the country this weekend, you know, obviously the one I kn- know for sure, uh, Clemson, Notre Dame. So I don't know who other teams are playing right now off the top of my head, but uh, I feel really good about the fact that if Notre Dame were to lose tomorrow, I think they're still in. And honestly, I think the college football rankings stay right where they are. And the four team, not again, you know, we'll see what happens with Bama, but I would argue that if Notre Dame loses, nothing's going to happen. They might drop a spot, you know, that 
Clemson and Notre Dame might switch spots. You know, Clemson might become two and Notre Dame might become three or four, but it's just going to rearrange the order in the top four. I, I think the four, unless Clemson loses, I think the four is set. That I feel pretty confident about that. Maybe you have a different opinion, but that's kind of where I sit. Um, oh, we got a lot of comments in here. So I was looking at my uh, my college football playoff chart, and I actually did not see the comments. So let's see here. Um, I'll go straight to this one just because I was thinking it, and I kind of agree. Uh, the two-loss SEC champ Florida would take that spot, of course, if – Clemson loses or Notre. I don't know if you're talking about Clemson specifically or or both Clemson and Notre Dame, but uh, I could see that. And, and again, there's a lot of good teams right there. You know, Georgia, Florida, Texas A and M. Like I could I could see any of those three teams taking Clemson's spot if Clemson loses tomorrow. I really could. So that's a very good point. Um, let's see. So, Spartan Barton says, I heard uh, King, as in Derek King, uh, could stay another year at Miami because of COVID eligibility. How big would that be for the program? Can uh, Diaz, the head coach of Miami, build his team around him next year? One, that's actually the first I heard of that, so good stuff uh, on Spartan Barton staying up with it. Because I obviously knew that uh, Derek, Derek King was a senior, so... Because because you know we talked a lot about the UNC Miami game on the last episode, you know, I I was kind of curious and talking about how like I don't know what the future holds for Miami next year because Derek King's a senior and would be gone. But however, because he was out for a period of time period of time this year uh, due due to COVID, I believe. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that actually is very interesting if Derek King comes back next year, which I would for competitiveness reasons and just keeping the ACC with a lot of good teams. Like I would love to see Derek King come back one more year, and and honestly, if he could build on what he's done already, like I think he could put himself. And I was surprised. Well, I wasn't. I think Derek King, if he did come back next year. Uh, if he did get some type of COVID red shirt, I would, I would argue that he could push for uh, the Heisman conversation. Seriously, like he's that talented, and we saw moments like that this year. And I think if again, if he could build on that and make it more consistent, he's easily in the in the conversation. Uh, I think Task of uh, Florida's quarterback could end up winning it this year. That's who my money's on. Uh, but next year, if De'Eric King stays, he's going to be in the conversation. I think Sam Howell's going to be in the conversation next year. Uh, if he keeps building on what he's already done and Carolina keeps building around him, he's going to be in that conversation. We'll see how DJ Ugalele at Clemson develops. You know, that, you know, college, again, like there's so, just so much good in college football, uh, especially the ACC, which is great for, you know, us ACC fans. So. Um, okay. So, okay. So the few games that, cause if I recall, I could have swore King missed maybe a game, a couple games this year due to something. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I could have swore he did. Uh, King 
didn't miss any time, but every player gets to retain an extra year of eligibility because of the 20s. Okay. So that's actually interesting. Um, and Spartan Barton agrees. Trask for Heisman, 100%. That's who my money's on. Uh, but that's interesting because – so uh, I do uh, – one of my jobs is I do play-by-play broadcasting for William Peace University. They're a Division three school in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's actually where I went to school at and you know played baseball at. Uh, and I did – play-by-play for them last year and i'm doing it again this year uh for baseball and basketball and then maybe some softball be be in the mix it's going to be crazy because all the sports are going to be in the spring um but i bring that up because they shut the baseball you know because that's specifically what i was working on when COVID started back in march was their baseball season and they had literally just gotten into conference play when COVID just shut everything down. And so I was curious, like, so are the seniors just like screwed? Like, cause, I mean, I, I, I mean, I would be pissed. So I actually missed COVID by a year. You know, my senior year of play was two years ago. So, or, or last year, the year, the year before COVID hit. So I missed it by a year. So I didn't have to deal with it, but I, I just know, from my own perspective, if that would have happened on my senior year, like I would have been really upset if I didn't get the opportunity to come back because I mean, they, they had just started conference play when COVID started and it's just like, Oh, well, you know, tough. Like, but they actually, they did end up getting uh, a year where the seniors got a year back of eligibility. I don't know. I think it was just the seniors that got a year of eligibility back. I don't know if everybody got a year back and everybody, I don't think so. I think it was just the seniors. So I knew that was the case for spring sports across the board. Uh, It wasn't the case for, you know, basketball, winter sports athletes, but I, I guess, you know, because of everything, it is the case for football. Well, so I guess, yeah. So Derek King could come back next year for Miami because of that. I didn't realize that that applied to football players as well, but that's interesting. That's really interesting. So that could be really good for Miami next year. And again, if that's, if Derek King does decide to stay, I could see him being in the, in the Heisman conversation. Hopefully Miami can, you know, to answer your question directly, uh, I do think Miami could build around him because I think they started to build around him this year. It just wasn't enough. I don't think the defense was good enough, which obviously that has nothing to do with De'Aaron King, but I think they could continue to build on that and put themselves... I mean, l- listen, all of this equals... The ACC is in a very good spot right now because Clemson's losing Trevor Lawrence, but they've got DJ Ugalele right behind him to come in. So Clemson's not going anywhere. I don't know what the state of Notre Dame will be next year. Uh, Ian Book, I assume, will be gone. Uh, Coach Kelly could be gone because he might get an NFL job. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, So I don't know what the state of Notre Dame is going to look like next year, but, you know, UNC is going to be better especially if they can build a defense and continue to build on what they already have offensively. They're going to be in the conversation. Uh, 
if Derek King stays and Miami can continue to build, they're going to be in the conversation. We'll see what NC State does. Boston College is going to be a problem. That like, there's going to be new teams that are going to be good. Like, just the ACC. We we had a very good year uh, for the ACC this year, and it's only going to be better, in my opinion, next year, which is very exciting because I'm assuming we'll be through COVID for the most part next year, and so more you know fans will be back and. It'll be pretty much back to normal, I would assume, once the vaccine circulates by that point. It's going to be fun. It's going to even be even better because I think we can all agree that the college sees – I mean, all of sports has been weird. You know, no fans, bubbles, and things. College football, in my opinion, has been a lot less weird than college basketball just because it just feels less weird. But – it's been weird. It's been weird for sports this year. It's been different and it's still been really good is what I'm getting at. So what'll be fun is being back to normal and having this level of talent and success going on throughout the ACC. Um, <clears throat> Spartan Barton says King as in Derek King of Miami should be in the Heisman conversation this year. He's an extremely outstanding player. He's been the whole offense for Miami. Yes. Uh, I thought he was an extremely overrated going into an extremely overrated player going into the season, but I was dead wrong. I do agree. I I was actually surprised, and I you know it's actually kind of weird. Uh, I haven't been monitoring the Heisman race very closely this year for some reason. Well, I know why. I've been just kind of more focused on just what's going on throughout the ACC, you know, because of the show and things like that. Uh, I knew, obviously, Trevor Lawrence was in the conversation early in the year. Travis Etienne of Clemson running back was in the conversation early in the year. But I think Trask of Florida has taken over and other players have kind of taken over that conversation. Um, but I was actually very surprised to see that Derek King wasn't really in the, you know, kind of the front runner conversation. Uh, for the Heisman, because just off of what I've seen from him this year, I would have assumed he was like, I just on the little that I've seen, like, ain't no way that dude's not in the Heisman conversation. But to that point, that's why I think he's going to be, if he comes back and they continue to build around him and build talent and, and get him weapons, there's no reason why he shouldn't be right in the top contenders for that award next year. No, no reason. Um, real quick. Before I transition to a little bit of college basketball, before we wrap up on a Friday, uh, gotta give a quick shout out to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. They sponsor they sponsor us here at ACC Tailgate, and then all of our other shows uh, on Chris Landry Football. And they are one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. And we have teamed with them to provide you guys a special gaming offer. This is for all our Landry Football followers, podcast listeners, subscribers. The whole nine yards. Uh, and what you're wanna gonna want to do is you're gonna go to our website, landryfootball.com. You click on the ad that's in the upper right side part of the page. You're gonna pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state, such as Bet, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and Points Bet. You'll sign up and you'll instantly receive an account, deposit, match, or risk-free bet from a hundred dollars all the way to a thousand dollars, and you're gonna 
It's it's literally that simple. So again, you're going to go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad, maybe subscribe, maybe, no biggie. Uh, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, get in on that action uh, and that special offer from our friends, American betting experts. Oh, before we go to some basketball, specifically Duke basketball and Coach K. Uh, so, talking about teams that could be better next year, and my money's on that there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be better next year. Uh, I think Pitt could be one of them because Kenny Pickett is officially coming back to Pitt for another year. I believe this will be a senior year coming up. I thought this was a senior year, but I saw uh, the other day where Pitt uh, their Twitter and Instagram posted that Pickett was coming back. Uh, who is uh, rumored and kind of talked up as you know an NFL prospect? In fact, most people thought he was actually going to enter the NFL draft this year. And from what I've seen from him, you know, which is a little portion, but considering that most of Pitt's good moments this year has been when he was at quarterback and based on how he's looked. Um, uh, I got to say, like, he does look like a – well, he he looks like – I think he's a very underrated quarterback. I'll say that. Uh, I, and I think the reason that he's underrated is just because Pitt's been so god-awful this year. You know, that that's what happens when you've got a really good player on a team that's, you know, not a big – name team you know that particular year and they're not one of the top teams that are talked about day in and day out is you know you get an underrated player and I think Kenny Pickett is a very underrated quarterback in a league that's got in in a, in a conference in the ACC that's got a lot of good quarterbacks um but I think that's really good for Pitt you know we'll see what happens with Pat Narduzzi I don't know what his job security looks like I mean obviously and I told you guys the, the record over the last – I think he's been there for – I think this is his sixth season there, maybe, or something like that. And it's just – it's been kind of okay, like average, like 500-ish football, like nothing special. And there's one thing we know, you know, after about three seasons, if you're not at least getting into the playoff conversation – or the upper tier of the league, and you're not seeing any progress, like, you're kind of on the hot seat. So I don't know. He ain't on the hot seat. Well, he's not on the hot seat that uh, Fuente's on, which I, from what I hear, Fuente will be back for another year unless something drastic happens. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for Pat Narduzzi. You know, maybe he'll come back and they'll give him another shot since Kenny Pickett's coming back. They'll see, all right, well, what can you do now? That Because he did miss a portion of games. And, you know, all of uh, Pitt's success came in the first little chunk of the season when they were ranked for a little bit. And then they've had a little bit better success here in the last four games where they won three of their last four, I believe. I think that loss came to... Who was that? I want to say Clemson. I'm going to double check because I'm actually really curious about that. Um, Let's see here. I'm actually really curious who that was. Because I was looking at it not long ago. Yeah, it was Clemson. So they won. Um, 
So basically, they won their first three games of the year. Um, two of those being conference games, you know, Syracuse and the Louisville. They won that one when Louisville was actually ranked. Uh, they lost the next chunk, which was when Pickett was out for a little bit. They lost that was NC State, Boston College, Miami, Notre Dame. No slouch. That was their best little stretch of the year as far as competition. Uh, and then they won against Virginia Tech, against FSU, lost to Clemson, and then won against Georgia Tech. So not really great teams, but when you're having the kind of season that they're that Pitt's having, you know, you'll take what you can get. Um, so yeah, that's really good for them that Pickett's coming back. So my I would assume Pat Narduzzi get, you know, will be back next year too to kind of see what he can do with that. But if they can't string something along next year, I would say he's out the door. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. Oh, so real quick before we wrap up and get ready to roll tomorrow for this ACC championship game. So I was talking, and this is real brief. I mean, just, but it was on my mind, and, you know, I wanted to kind of chat about it for just a second. So, Coach K, obviously, he had his comments about a week or so ago after losing to Illinois, the second straight game Duke had lost. First one was Michigan State, then Illinois. Uh, both of them were at home. And he was basically talking about how, you know, the way that COVID's been handled and how we're really just pushing this season through in college basketball and all and all of you know and football too for that matter. But he just said like he didn't know like who was in charge, which is you know one of the excuse me, that's one of the main problems with college sports is there's no governing, you know, body, there's no governing power that says, all right, this is how we're all going to do it as opposed to what we have now, which is, you know, basically trying to figure it out amongst the conferences. And, you know, this conference might be doing one thing and this conference might be doing the opposite. This conference, you know, might have a a non-conference game against a team from this conference over here and it's completely opposites and just, it's, it's a mess. And so, um, coach K was basically alluding to that and, I don't remember specifically if he said that he thinks that the college basketball season should come to a halt and kind of push it back a little bit. Wait, see, and I do remember saying, you know, we, you know, we're getting these vaccines and we're, you know, kind of seeing how that's going to go. You know, the point he was trying to make is, you know, we're sitting here trying to push this through now when we could get these vaccines coming through and circulated in the next month or two and maybe be in a much better place to do this in a few months or however long. But instead, we're just trying to push this through right now when everything's, you know, at the worst that it's been uh, from a COVID standpoint. And he got some pushback on that, which he even said it in the press press conference. You know, I know I'm going to get flack for this because, you know, I just got my ass kicked for a second straight game. And I know that. Uh, And of course he did. I think the head coach for Alabama specifically said something about it. It's like, listen. I'm a Carolina fan to my core, so screw Coach K. But on a real note, like he's the GOAT. Um, and I can promise you, and, and you know, having had access to Coach K uh, last year and being around him for several press conferences and interviews and kind of seeing what he's actually like, uh, I can tell you, like, this has nothing to do with losses. Like, 
somebody that's in his position and and is in the goat not conversation is the goat of basketball coaches like this has nothing to do with losses this has everything to do with the way everything's being handled like when you're a professional like that like it just it's unfortunate that those conversations are being had about coach k that oh it's because we lost well or yeah it just and that's coming from a carolina fan by the way like you really trying to do that like i don't know like it just it rubbed me the wrong way and i'm a, again like it rubbed me the wrong way and i'm a carolina fan but like if you actually think that coach k would say that stuff because he lost two games like really like is that where we're at and to that point Coach uh, Jeff Capel, who used to be an assistant at Duke under Coach K a couple years ago, who's now been the head coach at Pitt uh, for the last few years, you know, he was talking about how upsetting it was for him because some of these coaches, including apparently, the, he he made a statement, a whole statement about it. Apparently, uh, apparently, uh, the coach at Alabama who said this stuff. Uh, specifically, he had actually he he you know Coach K had done s- stuff from for him before you know actually helped him out and what uh, Coach Capel's point was it's it's uh, it sucks to see that coaches it, it sucks to see coaches saying things like that when Coach K has literally helped them out before in their careers and helped put them on uh, and now they're you know blasting him because of what he said and, you know, oh, it's because he lost a few games. Like he was, you know, Coach Capel was very upset to see that because it's like Coach K's literally helped you and put you on and helped elevate your career to another level. So you know what he's all about. You know what the the greatness that he's about. And yet you're saying this shit behind his, not behind his back, but just saying this stuff. Like, really? You're, You're doing that when you know what type of character Coach K is? And so that's really all I wanted to say about that. And it just, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I, and, and that I basically just completely disagree with, you know, coaches that are like, Oh, you know, he's only saying that because he lost a few games. No, he ain't. And I'm a Carolina fan as much as anybody and do coach K can suck it and eat it, but he's still the goat. Like we got to acknowledge that. Um, and, and, you know, to Spartan Barton's point points here, and we'll wrap up with this, I do think football's been handled a little better. I mean, obviously football's had, you know, its cancellations and things too, but I think football has been a little better and somewhat more normal than basketball has been up to this point. And to his point, football's large team size and being outdoor is part of what allowed it to be su- successful. And I agree. Now, obviously, the large team sizes give you more success. You're more susceptible to have outbreaks, which there has been a few in college football. But because they're outdoors, it does help. Um, <clears throat> basketball has a lot more traveling than football, and away games is where a lot of the COVID outbreaks happen with football. Correct. You're right on the money. Um and this is it. This is the final word. He said, way to take the Homer glasses off for that. And ain't easy, buddy. It ain't easy. But, and I said it, I said it in the first episode of the show. 
when I talked about what a diehard Carolina fan I am and that Duke and everything about Duke and everybody who has ever been to Duke can eat it. But Coach K is still the GOAT. Duke is always in the conversation uh, and always a contender in college basketball for the most part because of the way Coach K just constantly evolves over the last like it doesn't like when when you've got coaches that are so rigid and just want to be right and want to do it their way, you are always going to lose to a coach like Coach K that is adapting and innovating constantly. And that's what all successful people do. Where you're talking about business, whether you're talking whatever it is, when you adapt to today as opposed to being romantic about yesterday and you know when it worked for you the last time, but it might not be that way anymore. When you're willing to adapt and change for that, as opposed to just wanting to be right and do it the way you did it before that worked, that's the type of people who get ahead when you're unemotional about that stuff. And Coach K is is better than anybody at that in most of sports, quite frankly. So, yes, that hurts to to say, but I'm – I'm still going to be objective. Like I, I will. I hate Duke till the day I die, and everything and everyone about it. But I'll still keep it real. So, uh, yeah, Coach K is the next Saban of basketball, hundred percent, probably better. Uh, so, on that note, now that all that venom has come out of my mouth, and I've had to, you know, talk up Coach K, and that all. <coughs> wasn't pleasant but we speak the truth around here however painful that might be so that is going to wrap it up for a friday uh as we get ready to roll tomorrow clemson notre dame four o'clock abc do not miss it we will have a lot to talk about on monday uh hopefully a lot of basketball to get in the mix too and damn it it'll be our show our first show or our last show before christmas and that Christmas sweater's coming on, pal. Like, I'm telling you. So, got a lot to look forward to, a lot to be thankful for. So, on that note, appreciate you guys tuning in. My name is Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. Hit me up on all social media. I'd love to get to hear from you guys. I'm on all the platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. Um, appreciate it, Spartan Barton. Uh, appreciate you listening as always. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, hit me up on social media, you know, let me know, uh, what's up, who you are. And I'd love to get to know each and every one of you. And until Monday, enjoy the game, enjoy your weekend, enjoy whatever you might be eating or drinking while you're watching that game. Uh, and we will see you Monday at 7 PM Eastern time right here on ACC tailgate on Chris Landry football. We'll see you next time. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.